here oh. we go again. Yeah. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to uh-huh. another jam-packed episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are your hosts, Nate, Jonathan Mitchell. No Brandon today. That's why I threw two names on mine. <laughs> you know, a couple weeks ago when you were gone, I asked Brandon, what does John bring to this podcast? But I can say, the intro's not the same without no, you. No, it's the splat. Yeah. You gotta have that little extra. When, when Brandon's not here, very vanilla. Or he's is just, here. He's yeah. just looking at you doing it. <laughs> yeah. You're doing good, dude. Did I say something? I don't know. <laughs> John, today, we are going to recap, oh my goodness, UFC 280. Holy cow. It Man. happened. It happened, and there is so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Then... We have our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night main event. Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen, and what a main event that is. Cannot mm-hmm. wait to talk about that fight. Finally, all the news and happenings in MMA and around the world. But first, John, mm-hmm. how you doing? UFC 280 hangover. Mid midday card, yeah, loving that. Yeah, we didn't no. mind it. We're, we're no. probably the rare um, Americans <laughs> that don't mind a little midday UFC card. Right? Yeah. No, it, it was nice. I was uh, telling my girlfriend it was weird leaving your house because uh-huh. it felt like it was Sunday. Like I was like, oh man, I gotta upload it. Yeah. There was like a thirty second time there between my house and here that I was like, oh man, I gotta go to work tomorrow. Yeah. Oh wait, no, we just got done with fights by six o'clock. Yeah, it's nice. I don't mind it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I know. I know a lot of people not into it, but it is what it is. It does make it a little bit easier because to fall asleep from all that, sure. like if I, based on what happened, to try to fall asleep after that and then try to rebuild that energy to come back in here, yeah, it's well, different. It's funny you say that because last night I, I take these like little melatonin gummy vitamin mm-hmm. things to help fall asleep, and I had to take two last night. Mm. Like It was just that deep where like I didn't probably lay down. I mean, the fights were over at like what? Like you said, 6 o'clock, 1 a.m., I'm still like buzzing. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And so I was like, man, I'm not going to be able to shut my brain, you know, because I'm yeah. just so ready to talk talk about all these fights and everything that that went down um before we get into the fights though uh please if you have not uh go check out our interview with uh sean fallon Mm -hmm. it is up now on youtube or you can go back in our feed episode 102 um but any type of content, man, uh, that we're that we're putting out there, any type of interactions, you know, just even if you click on, even if you don't want to watch the YouTube link, you know, you just click on it, click the like button, mm-hmm. even on the Heisen Rita one is up Free. there as well, and it helps us, and it goes such a long way, you know, when we post stuff, share stuff, had great uh, interactions with people, we threw some polls up this weekend, mm-hmm. great interactions there, really appreciate, appreciate that. that for sure, um, so just continue to just help and support in anything that we do, because it really, not only does it mean the world to us i mean but it helps get it out there and spread it so before we get into ufc 280 though john actually because we're doing something a little different with this week that we're gonna talk about mm-hmm. i will do the honors appreciate it so you can prepare yourself because <clears throat> we got a new segment this week that we're yeah. pumped for but before we get to it uh please as i was saying rate sub follow we need it all so if you are listening right now on apple podcast uh as this is playing please go click five stars write a review 
means the world to us. Also, you can uh, leave five stars on Spotify, excuse me. All this stuff helps get us uh, pop up in algorithms and, and just, uh, so after somebody listens to like their favorite big mixed martial arts podcast, we might pop up next in the recommended or mm -hmm. try this. Also, word, word of mouth, telling people about it. It's all free and it all helps uh, support us. You can also follow us on our Instagram, TikTok, everything at Neon Belly Podcast. Um, and like we said, YouTube, we're slowly building some content there. Um, mm -hmm. Once again, ha we have some ideas there um, to just do stuff even even outside of a podcast. So, right. so get plugged in, tapped in there. But any type of support um, is extremely helpful to us. So let's get in to UFC 280. But before we do, yeah. we are going to do a new segment for our pay-per-views i guess you call it a segment or yeah. something fun where our one and only and i'm so glad he's here today john um is gonna break down ufc mm -hmm. 280 with the power of penmanship yeah and um if you john is uh basically a, a modern day uh what would shakespeare you call it? socrates or, or socrates yeah. a poet yeah john is our residential poet um, definitely probably the songbird of our generation. Yeah. Um, especially in the MMA, group. <laughs> especially in the MMA group. Uh, and yeah, John, without further ado, please break down and recap, um, in under two minutes. Yeah. We'll, we'll say under 30 seconds. How about that? Yeah, something and, like that. And 30 seconds or less, John, break down <clears throat> UFC 280. Take it away, my friend. <sighs> UFC 280, baby. There's too many great fights. Some people hit bets, but it, for me, it was not a great night. But shout out to Bilal. His talent was seen. He finally wasn't boring getting his first finish since 2019. <laughs> then in a turn of events, Caitlin should have took the fight to the floor, got a black belt from Don Hare, and decided to kickbox with a kickboxing champion, Fior. <laughs> then we saw Benny get loose. Darush couldn't look better. And Gamrot looked like a drunk uncle who somehow forgot to wear a shirt to the presser. Then we moved to Sugar Sean, who showed potential he was full of, had a great fight with Jan, who might just be a giant Hezbollah. Didn't agree with the decision, but what is done is done. Not saying it was a setup, but one judge might have had an O'Malley 101. That's a card joke for Shout everybody. out to Panini. Now we had Aljo, who's still the belt holder after winning, was popping and locking more than Dillashaw's shoulder. Mm -hmm. Then we had the big one, the battle of the year. There could only be one 55 king, and this would make it all clear. Charlie Olive Garden brought 45 blondes. Makakchev had a million-dollar camp. Who knew his money was so long? But now we get Islam and Volk. The super fight happening soon. I'll be honest, though. I don't see what Alex can do. But that's for another card. I hope you all enjoyed the sound of one to 30 minutes of wrapping up. I hit on a lot of stuff like Hamzat in the crowd. Thank you. That is UFC 280. Mm -hmm. That's broken down by our. Very we can stop the episode job. now, but we're going to talk more. <laughs> we're definitely going to talk about all those fights. Uh, fantastic breakdown yeah. there. Nailed all the talking points, but we're going to get to it now. John, our main event, as you mentioned, is <laughs> Makachev defeating Charles Oliveira via second round mm -hmm. head and arm choke, John. Islam making it look easy against one of the best lightweights to ever do it. Um, I thought the emotion from Islam immediately after was amazing to mm -hmm. see from a guy who doesn't really ever give us much. Right. Um, 
And as we mentioned last week, October 24th, 2020, Habib Nurmagomedov defending and defeating Justin, or defending, excuse me, his lightweight title, defeating Justin Gaethje and retired in the cage immediately after. Since that day, don't even think Habib had fully even left the building that night um, and was already promising us that Islam Makhachev would be the undisputed champion. And last night they accomplished just that, Mm -hmm. um, not just for themselves, but for Habib's late father as well. And uh, just what a moment that must have been for Islam to be able to hand that belt to Habib in the cage mm-hmm. in honor of not just his dedication to Islam's career, but that of um, Habib's father as well. So right. uh, just your thoughts, though, overall on the win. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he said it the best. He said, you know, they made me, and that's why he wanted to dedicate the belt to them. And, yeah. um, you know, I, leading watching the lead-up to this, you hear a lot of people talking about, you know, the matchup, the comparison with Habib, and it's almost like textbook. Sure. Um, the amount of... You know, the, the controversy of not having the high-level opponents, the needing to have that moment, uh, the proof. You know, there was Charles had this whole point of riding the coattail, which to an extent there is a little bit to that. Right. But for Islam to cement his real, like his stamp of this is my run and, and beating something that, you know, Habib's never going to be able to say he beat Charles Oliveira. Sure. Just like he never got to beat Tony Ferguson. Right. Charles Oliveira would probably be the... One that's like, oh, well, Islam ain't going to be able to deal with that. And he got to do that. Yeah. Um, That's something that Habib never got to do. Um, But, I mean, you can't get more textbook of an Islam performance. Didn't take damage. um, Controlled the positions that were for him to control. And then to finish like that and sub the all-time sub leader. All-time, most in history. And just even more on the performance and you just kind of hit dominating every position. He literally dominated every aspect of this fight. You know, landed some big shots. I would say dropped Oliveira there with that big right hand, straight right. Um, Obviously, no problems there on the ground. I Mm -hmm. mean, Oliveira did his best. I thought a couple times, you know, he tried. But, you know, just like I was kind of saying last week, and I just had this feeling that Islam, and, and not just him, but just that Sambo background coming from that camp with Habib, it's just, I bet it, I don't, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's just so different, man. Like, mm-hmm. and we've seen it continuously with these daggy guys, man. It's just that top pressure is relentless. Um, but even dominating the clinch, something that yeah. I think going into this, most people thought if if Oliveira could, you know, get his clinch work off, because that's somewhere where he's displayed some really good his work. Best offense. Some of his best, yes, it's standing, especially offense. It's like, oh, he, you know. That's perfect for him, and, and I mean, they got, they went to the clinch. Oliver had his chance, and you know, Islam able, able to do a really nice uh, judo throw there off the cage. But mm-hmm. it's just levels, man. And to go out like I said and do it against a guy who you know going into this, we're like, if he wins, he's probably the greatest lightweight of all time. Right. Just tells you how good yeah. Islam and, Makhachev. And really you know, is. with Islam, another part of it I thought that was very important was he. He took some really good submission attempts from Charlie early because uh, Charles pulled him into guard, yeah. uh, was trying to work some arm bar stuff, some triangle stuff, and some of it got kind of close, but nothing dangerous. Sure. And then I thought, to me, the, the the what finished the fight was Islam deciding to pass over the legs instead of engage the guard. Yeah. Because he went from, once he passed the legs, he went right into half, right into that choke, and that was all it took. Yeah. A lot of guys would fall into that guard, try to land ground and pound. You could tell Islam was working on, if I do drop him, yeah. I need to take advantage of that and get on top of him. Yeah. Because they know, like we talked, like it's been said throughout the buildup, as good as Charles is, his best 
everybody for the most part everybody's best offense is being on top sure i mean we don't know what islam looks like off his back with somebody on him at the same level but he never gets there no and that's how you win fights right so i think that the game planning was perfect you know charles goes for that flying knee misses Missed, yeah and as soon as he lands on his feet he gets hit with a left hand right over yep um sits him down which but to Charles's thing, you know, you'd rather see him go out on a sword like that, doing yeah. what he does, being aggressive going forward, because that's how he that's how he does win fights. Sure, if that knee lands and he knocks him out. It's a great it's decision. Different. Yeah, it's, it is. But a completely it didn't, different story. and yeah. that's what cost him. It did cost him, and but man, even just as soon as Islam, you know, landed, knocked him down, landed in that half guard. And just instantly, and I think I even mentioned this last week, is their half guard shoulder pressure is insane. Mm. All those daggy guys. And as soon as he started squeezing from half guard, you could see on Oliver's face mm -hmm. that he was not happy about it and was really uncomfortable. And then um, we were watching with Jacob on FaceTime, but as soon as uh, Islam passed over into side control from that half guard, we all just kind of audibly were like, that's it. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it was just, it was just so tight, man. That was such a tight squeeze and you could see it. Um, but I agree, you know, and, and for a guy like Oliveira, you know, I, to me, it doesn't change how I feel about him. I don't think he's any less of who we thought he was. Mm -hmm. I just think he just went against a guy who, and maybe we're going to find out soon enough, might be the greatest right. pound for pound fighter right now in the world. And, um, unfortunately today, right now, Charles just isn't that guy. And, um, even, you know, I thought in his post fight said, you know, he's coming back, you know, yeah. and, and that was something we instantly talked about is like, does he retire? You know, cause he's kind of been a guy who's talked about like mm -hmm. not sticking around very long. Right. So, and he's been through some wars, man. Yeah. Oliveira has been through it. He's been around for a long time. Could leave today. Congratulations. You're still one of the greatest ever do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like his story is going to live on that legacy of what he did and turning his career around and stuff. But for the most part, it's just, just levels, right? Man. Well, just there, a different level. And I think there's a similarity to between like a Whitaker and Adesanya where he's like, who knows what's going to happen with this fight? You know, the, the child, the guy who's like the unknown trying to prove himself does it. Sure. And then the second fight obviously looks a lot closer and like Whitaker, I don't know how many of these other top guys are going to be able to beat Charles because yeah. how he's made the other rest of the top five yeah. look. So he might not be like Whitaker. He might not be far removed from getting another shot at him. It's and interesting. I, and I thought it was also unfortunate. And it's just kind of how storylines go. And everybody has their night. But this, if you know, if Charles doesn't get stripped of the title, that fight could have very well been in Rio instead of in Abu Dhabi. And maybe. And there's 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 just other aspects. So who knows as Charles builds back up if he can get to there what changes he can make there is a rio card coming up and i do think Oliveira is going to factor into that card i think i think he's going to be on it very interested to see what a post you know championship like or Oliveira trying to build back looks mm -hmm. like as you mentioned and because he's beat all the guys under him right, right now you know all those top five guys we mentioned last week he's he's already beat all of them so it's like you know I kind of feel like, you know, you don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe they do give him like a Gaethje or a Poirier or somebody, mm -hmm. a Chandler again. Um, I would more like to see one of these young up and comers like we've been talking about, Sorry get a team. shot, just, yeah, mix it up. I just want to see some fresh matchups, but, um, kind of moving a little bit forward here with Islam. Um, I know that this is an overreaction sitting here on a Sunday after he just won the belt. Right. right? But um, as Islam's reign now begins, and you look at the landscape of this lightweight division, um, I just kind of want to ask a couple, I guess we'll say over-under questions on what you think maybe the ceiling is for Islam. Because I think as we all sit here today, we can all agree that Islam's different. And right. this is going to be a very dominant, ch chances are a very good title run. This isn't just a flash in the pan, right? right. Um 
So let's start with win streaks, okay? So currently, mm. the uh, lightweight uh, UFC lightweight record for a longest win streak is Tony Ferguson with 12. Uh, Oliveira was really close to breaking that. Mm-hmm. Um, Islam currently sitting at 10. Does Islam go over or under 12 straight wins? Mm. He would need two more wins to tie and three to break it. And it, it's tough only because it has more to do with the type of fighters that are coming up. Yeah, than you the have to of, consider it. The, the, the guys that Because when you talk about his fight with like Sarukian, that's a that's a matchup that could happen potentially in three fights. Sure. Um, you know, there's there's some really good challenges down there. Even like Benil, I mean, that guy has everything. There's some there's some interesting matchups there. Um, and then you talk about the potential of a super fight being his next fight. Mm-hmm. That's not easy for anybody. Granted, the matchup is a little bit more favorable for him in that. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say over because I feel like yeah. he has that same level of grappling that Habib had. Mm-hmm. With way better striking. Yeah, with what we saw last night, I think it's... If you don't think Islam doesn't win, you know... His I do think there's some straight. tough fights. I mean, anything can happen, yeah. right? It's fighting, right? And we're going to get... But sitting here right now, sure, over. We'll, right, and we'll get to what it seems his next fight's going to be in a second. But yeah, I think to think right now what we saw last night that he doesn't at least win three more straight is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, just based off of what we're seeing today. Longest win streak, John, in the UFC is Anderson Silva with 16. Does Islam go over under 16? Mm. That would be six straight more wins to tie, seven to break it. Keep in mind, Islam, I believe, 32 years old, I want to say. I'm going to actually say under. And I, and I because champions just aren't sticking mm-hmm. in those divisions because it's so deep mm-hmm. or there's an injury or like, there's so many things that can happen that kind of switch stuff up. And who knows how long, like, because of injury or, or COVID or whatever we're talking about. You never know how circumstances will line up. So who knows if he stays? You know, he wins four or five in a row. Mm-hmm. Maybe he doesn't want to fight anymore. We never know with these guys. But I, I just think that it's it's hard for me to say anybody right now is going to win. And sure. how talented MMA is in general, but especially the UFC. Yeah, it's hard for me. I couldn't. It'd be hard for me to pick one fighter that would win six, seven in a row. Yeah, I'm going to go under on this, and and it's not because I necessarily think he's going to lose. I think he gets out before. I don't unless he's like at like 15. Because then he could go up as well, and there's a lot of tough well, we're going to get to up. that question in a minute. But it, it, there's, I, I think you know you're only talking five more fights to get to 15. One more, he ties it. So I think if he doesn't get it, I I kind of today as I'm sitting here right now, I feel like it's because he just. It, it decides to move right. on from the sport, kind of like Habib did. Um, but him telling, or Habib, we found out last night in the presser from Dana that Habib's telling Dana in the cage, we want to fight a lot, we want to fight everybody. I think even if Islam's around for five more years, he's going to be fighting two or three times a year. Yeah. So I think it's possible. I will say that. But then you, when you look at somebody like Kamaru, yeah, he was right there on it. Yeah, and obviously it was just he was he, he was gonna fi- get it. Fighting man, he was gonna yeah. tie it. Sure. Made one mistake. If he can do, if that happens to him, it can really happen to anybody. It's so fighting. Let, so let's move to title fight wins. Currently, the most in the lightweight division uh, in the history of the UFC lightweight division is BJ Penn, Habib, and Benson Henderson, all tied with four. Islam obviously only sitting with one right now. Does he go over or under four? Mm, well, if I'm gonna match my over for the first question, you then you have to go this. over. Sure, yeah. yeah. I agree. I, I I think he goes over it. Um, we know his next fight at least is going to be a lightweight title defense. Um, so I do. I agree. I think he goes over that. Let's move to the UFC because in the history of the UFC, John Jones with 14. 
does Islam go over or under 14 under. times? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. I, yeah, that's a lot. Because if he's not, if I don't think he's going to catch the win streak, then he can't catch. It's so that. yeah, and for, and for I don't know if anybody will. That's well, because Jones Jones just did it so young. Right. You know, he was just so young when he got the title, youngest UFC champ in the history uh, when he won it. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> guys are just like I said. Guys are just so good yeah. now at 15, 14, ranked number eight. Like you know, you saying that I think is is a very like interesting take. Is like. It's hard to say never, but that's just one. When I saw that today, it's like when I thought about it, it's like I don't know if anybody does beat that. Just because the circumstances in which John Jones did it, being the youngest guy to do it, he did it at such a young age, um, and and just the way the sports evolved now, everybody's so good. You know, we were talking mm-hmm. about last night, and we'll get to with Jan and uh, O'Malley is like, man, there's just not much separating like a number ten guy and a number one guy anymore. Right. You know, we saw it in Song Yudong and. Um, Who'd he just fight? Uh, uh, Corey Sanhagen. Yeah. You know, there's just not much of a talent discrepancy anymore mm-hmm. um, from a lot of these top guys. So, Well, and now with this whole double champ thing, guys are way more willing to drop or go up for a chance at that because now it, that's the big lore yeah. is to be a double champ. So you're going to see a lot of guys that drop, want, be willing to drop down or go up sure. to get a chance at greatness. Lastly, I want to buy sell on this one. Mm. Do you buy or sell that Islam wins another title in another weight class? Which I think would mean going up. Right. Because uh, I don't think Islam could make 45. He's a pretty thick dude, pretty solid mm-hmm. guy like Habib was. Um, I would say he's probably stretching to get to 55. It's probably a tough, tougher cut for him than we realize. Um, do you think he prob- possibly goes up in challenges for the 170 title before it's all said and done? I'm going to... You say you want me to buy or sell him winning or just attempting? Winning. I'm selling. I think there's some guys up there that have a similar skill set but are bigger. When you talk about like a Shavkat or not Chamayev, (laughs) there's guys, yeah, or even Colby, like there's guys that are just like, man, I don't know if you're going to be able to like hold and do the things you do to these other guys. Yeah. Because, and we see it all the time. There's certain guys that are good, but when they go up, it's just a little too much. So you buy that he competes, competes for another title yourself. I think, I think he could, I think he will go up or, or take a chance at it. Because Habib um, never did. No, and I think Habib's trying to push him to be better. Yeah, he doesn't seem like somebody who's like, oh, I don't want him to pass my, uh, you know, my legacy. I want it to to grow bigger. Sure. He pushes that. Um, so I, I think he will push him to, to take chances and Absolutely. stuff like that. But I just think that even like Kamaru, like I, I not, who knows if he stays long enough and sure. with the, his relationship with them, it's it might not ha- happen like it's that. Interesting. Yeah. But there's a lot of really tough fights at the 170 even like a Bilal would be tough just how big he is and how sure. durable it'd be interesting to see how um Islam would be able to like take him down for sure but hold him down that's where it gets interesting so we now know from last night what we believe is going to be next for Islam but instead of hearing it from us let's hear it from the man himself Habib Nurmagomedov which uh this was post fight last night in the cage immediately following Islam's win he's a pound for pound number one fighter in right now today and you know, it's like what interesting. Charles Oliveira is number two pump for pump, right? He finished Charles. Now is our plan. Fly to all the way to Australia and fight in pump for pump King Backyard with Volkanovski. Let's do it. We know we're going to. Zalkhanovsky. Yeah, That's like how you pronounce names. <laughs> you just you, well, he's a goat. It, I'm a you goat. start it with the first couple names and then it just tails off at the end. Off, blah, 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 blah. So, uh,. Habib laying the challenge right there uh, for uh, them to go to Australia to fight mm-hmm. Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, I think that is very bold for them to be willing to go do it in his hometown. Um, 
the UFC uh, just announced that UFC 284 will be happening in Perth in uh, February on February 12th. So it sounds like Perth just got a new main event. Mm-hmm. So much more on the line than just Islam's first title defense there, because um, it's also going to determine the number one pound for pound fighter right, right in the world. So not just a title there, um, also a uh, pound for pound st- at, at stake there. Right. Um, uh, a distinction that Habib, excuse me, I'm sorry, guys, my laptop is like threatening to die on me right now, and I have no idea why. But the pound for pound go, there it goes, is something that, excuse me, Habib never, never mm-hmm. saw that, right? I mean, he, he, he did get. Uh, that distinction he was rated the number one pound for pound but it's not something he ever really got to showcase if that right. means in like a getting to challenge somebody from below or above in in a big fight like that he only beat guys that were traditionally 155ers and for me personally I'm a guy where I do like to see somebody either go up or down or somebody come up or mm-hmm. down a champion and challenge because I think that's the best way to determine pound for pound um, so I don't think that Islam just likes the pressure. I think he lives under it. I right. Mean, but you're just thought so he sleeps with it. It's like crazy, dude. Like this guy, it's like whatever, like just pile it on me. Like, right. you know what I mean? Is it, like I said, we talked about last week is if this fight wasn't enough pressure for Habib or uh, Islam going into it. Um, now he's like, I'll go to the pound for pound greatest fighters home country and I'm going to beat him there and I'm going to become the pound for pound great in his country. Uh, but your thoughts on just a potential matchup with Alexander Volkanovsky? Yeah, it's it's interesting, man. Um, I mean, how many people are calling for their first title defense to be a super fight and to be the, fir- the and to be against the guy, yeah, who, the number one pound for pound guy? It's crazy. Um, the the matchup is interesting only because Volkanovsky is so well rounded, and we haven't really seen people be able to exploit a weakness for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't necessarily obviously he's not faced a level of wrestling he would with Islam Islam is a bigger guy granted Wolkanovski is a guy who was originally 200 some odd pounds yeah. and made his way down his legs are about the size of mine yeah. um, his shoulders are about the size of yours so it, he, he it's an if anybody from that division can have a chance against a 55er I think it's him um, but it's it's very, very interesting. I do think Islam has a lot of advantage there. But they're also, you know, going to Australia, that, that's what you said. You said pressure. It's, yeah. It is more pressure. But, man, the pressure he had in this one. And he yeah. just made it look – I mean, like – like, like we talked about everything last week and I mean for you and Brandon that pressure factored into your guys' picks for this fight right. you know and he just ate it swallowed it pooped it out in the middle of the octagon right. in the form of Charles Oliveira but I mean it was crazy man yeah. like it well, was just nothing he just unfazed well in the pro- the for sure but the thing about pressure and stress and those things is as much as you're able to take it sometimes you take it until you can't sure it's not something that's going to show up every time he's just such he has a, to be consistent yeah but i just think he pro- i mean he's just such a stoic like like stays at one level guy mm-hmm. like i just don't think he process like and i genuinely think that's why his title reign is going to be so much different than habib's and, and possibly better exceeding mm-hmm. it because i just don't think like we saw habib get emotional a right. lot right in good ways and bad islam is no, like he's just nothing like it just mm-hmm. doesn't look like he processes things the same way and i think when you maybe get into the psyche the or the, winter soldier yeah it's just crazy man like the way you like fighters process things you know We've seen it over years. Sometimes, you know, it can be the downfall mm-hmm. of some people, and it's also something that can help him. But I just don't think he's phased by anything. Yeah. Well, and for Volkanovski, this is a free shot to try something good. It is a free shot, but man, I'm telling you, seeing those two facing off in the cage, I well, just, it's one of those things where if he it. loses, it's like, yeah, you lost to a guy bigger than you. But most people aren't taking those chances, though. That's what I'm saying. I think that's kind of what what 
you're seeing Habib looking at his career. He probably wishes maybe he might have took some chances that Islam is going to be taking now. So I just think you're going to see people taking chances. But I think Volkanovski, good on him for challenging himself. Uh, yeah, it takes balls to sit there in the crowd in the front row and watch him do that to Oliveira and then think that you can do Not only better. that, you made weight, made weight yeah, to be the backup. He was ready. Yep, that's uh, a good point. Like you had no reason. Like you could have literally just been recovering or you know just doing some training at home. Instead, you're in Abu Dhabi making weight. I agree. No, I agree. But hot take, and, and, and I reserve the right to change this. I reserve the right to change this. Hey, my whole pick, all right, because we're real early on this. Right. I think Islam does it in under three minutes. Mm. I think he just runs through Volkanovski. And that's, that's I know that sounds so crazy and almost disrespectful to Volk, but because I, I genuinely think Volkanovski is the number one pound for pound fighter. Yeah. But I just think what we saw last night, it just. It's just hard for me to see a different outcome. Yeah. Well, and it's it's well, it's also difficult because whereas Charles, you've seen somebody be able to like crack right. the code. Uh, you know, Volkanovski hasn't lost it's in the true. UFC, which is crazier for me to think that. But anyway, right. like maybe like I said, I'm just sitting here overreacting on a Sunday morning. Right. right. But, no, I mean the energy is still very yeah real for Islam right now. I mean he's for sure he's going to ride this until the super fight does happen. I agree. You know? I agree. John, I could go all day on this fight, but we got to yeah. keep it moving. I'm, I got so much stuff in my notes, and we're not even going to get to half of it, but that's okay because <laughs> we'll, we'll try to get to the main stuff. But in our co-main event, Al Jermaine Sterling, the Funk Master, mm -hmm. defeating TJ Dillashaw via second-round TKO to retain his bantamweight title and still unfortunate circumstances surrounding this fight tj dillashaw dislocating his so shoulder excuse me um after a very early takedown from sterling apparently dj uh dillashaw saying after this fight that he heard it back in april uh in the lead up to this fight and dislocated it about 20 times leading up to this fight in camp aljamain remained on top of tj for most of the first round landing just devastating ground and pound uh, and then threatening with submissions the whole time. Credit to Dillashaw, man. Despite being basically one-armed for that whole first round, really most of this fight, was able to defend it all. Even got his way back up to his feet towards the end of the round Survived. there. Um, as we're all sitting there watching and his shoulders just hanging. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's just so much toughness there. Uh, but then in the second round, uh, they they did in the corner reset his shoulder, which was phenomenal. They did it so With fast, the massage. And easy. yeah, that was crazy. But if it really, I that's what makes me believe. I think he's telling the truth twenty times, and they probably just knew exactly how to reset it because mm -hmm. um, they just did it easily. Um, but in the second round, another takedown, saw it pop out again, and uh, Aljo just landing more unanswered ground and pound. Uh, the ref did you know step in, saw enough there, and stopped the fight. I thought TJ's corner should have done that. Um, just more out of save this guy from himself. Because there's a guy like TJ Dillashaw who's tough as nails is not going to give up, right? right? But he was literally fighting one arm behind it. I mean, he was like... I've seen, I think it was Luke Thomas said something today, and it's so true. He was never going to win this fight. Yeah. It, it was never, ever going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so the fact that they even sent him out there is a little bit crazy to me. And I, and I understand from Dillashaw's mindset and you know i'm seeing some things that maybe people suggesting it this could have just been motivated by money you know a guy like tj yeah. hasn't fought much in the last couple of years and he might even more so than the check might have just or the belt might have just needed the money i don't even want to go down that road um it's just <laughs> gotta save that for brandon yeah well yeah it is something to consider um but you know he's just tough though that's just mm -hmm. dillashaw regardless of how you feel about the guy personally and the things he's done in the past but 
he should have never been in that fight. No. That fight should have been scrapped. Somebody else should have gotten that opportunity. He even apologized right. afterwards to the whole division, said he held up the division for a year, and then obviously trotting himself out there with one arm wasn't the smartest move either. But your thoughts on just the fight itself and how everything played right. out. Well, I, I think with TJ too, you know, maybe his team is thinking, you know, how he was able to get through the the first the Sanhagen fight with yeah. the knee. Yeah, because that happened in what the second round when Sanhagen yeah. popped his knee and he went through the whole right. thing with like no ACL. And, and, and maybe knee. and maybe there was parts in the camp where he got through five rounds with sure. only popping out once and they got it back in. But don't you think against a guy like Aljo who? It's right. primarily a ground fighter. Like you know, it's going to probably end up there at some point. And if he knew, he couldn't base on it or anything like that. Like, right. Well, that's why you heard him say in that post. Like that's why I trash talked him into trying to strike with yeah. me because I didn't want to wrestle. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. You know, I do think it's very. Um, I, I'm glad he were, he apologized to the division because sure. I think it's very disrespectful to know that you cannot present the best. Like, And I know he's like, oh, I don't want to wait another year for a title shot. And maybe that's part of knowing right. his body's falling apart and he needs to make money, like yeah. you said. But it is unfortunate because, like, I would have much rather seen Cheeto get a fight in Dude, that situation yes. or, yeah. you know, a, a, a slew of other guys. Um, yeah, I mean, which we're going to get to in a minute. But, yeah, the top of 35, we can't figure out a contender. Right. And there's so many to pick for. And, like, he was never going to win that fight. Right. So, it... I mean, there's two sides of it. There's, hey, you know, it's a tough guy. He took a chance. It didn't yeah. work out. You know, credit to him. But then there's also like, man, this card is still was still an amazing sure. card. But you kind of tainted the co-main event because you didn't even, you know, you were probably offering, offering like 40% of what you could yeah. actually bring. And it's one thing to go out at 40%, I think, against like the number eight or ten. I mean... Really, you can make the argument, anybody at this level, you know, it's just crazy to do what he did. But, dude, you're going against the best guy in the world right now right. at the weight class. Like, where did you even – I don't know. It just – I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever really get answers on why they did no. this, what they did. But now – I mean, now he just delayed himself even more yeah. in his career. You know, I mean, this is might be another – year of your rehab you right. know and, and maybe we don't see him again i don't know yeah and for dillashaw or not for dillashaw but for sterling it's a, it's a little it sucks a little bit because it does it doesn't take away from his performance but it does because it's a different talking point other than how good he did right um and it, it, it it's weird because you know his last three fights two of them have weird circumstances sure. the illegal knee then he got it back with the split decision over yon and now this one you know the shoulder and he still gets the finish so I'm hoping whoever he goes against next, it's a clean fight and yeah. there's not these weird talking points because it does take away from how good he is because he's really good. Well, weird talking points are becoming a bad <laughs> problem with this 135-pound division in yeah. general. But, yes, real quick, I, I totally agree, and I don't want to take anything away from Aljo because not just because I picked Aljo. I genuinely believe that fight would not have looked much different than what it did. Could especially early on, could TJ maybe scrambled out of you know some of those the, that especially that first takedown. His shoulder was in place, you know. Now when he hit the mat, it is when it popped out, right? But that first takedown had nothing to do with TJ right. Dillashaw's shoulder. Um, and um, I just thought of something like as I was saying that it's even crazy that they he told the referee in the back. Oh, it might pop out, but it might pop just let out, it go. and they didn't like. No, nobody said anything. Like I don't know. I I don't want to. UFC likes to make money. I, no, dude, Dana's not happy about. It. I watched his post fight. He's not happy about it. He's like, you got you got to tell us that, like that. You can't let that go slide. So now I wonder who was the referee, Mark Goddard. Somebody like, I can't yeah. remember. Be interested to see what maybe he's because he knew. 
right? right. So I don't know. I don't know. If I don't understand little... the the communication in that. And the commission had is, to be back there. You yeah. would think it when he was talking to him. So I don't know. It's. Yeah. I mean, I think the UFC kind of self commissions themselves over right. there in Abu Dhabi, but I don't know. But getting back to Aljo. I don't think that fight goes much different. I genuinely, that's really kind of how I thought the fight would play out anyways. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he would have got that early of a finish. Maybe he, but I think it, he could have grinded even TJ out like that for five rounds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and I just think right now, not only is Aljo by and far the best um, submission grappling artist, I think, or just, just in groundwork in general, right? Jiu-jitsu, pure finishing and controllability. In that division, I genuinely think he's probably one of the best 135-pounders in the world. And he's right where he belongs, right where he needs to be. To me, the fact that it ended this way does not taint his championship reign to me at all. I still think Aljo's that dude, and he deserves that title. He's he's earned it. He's proved it. And even though it it ended like that, it's just, yeah, I don't think it would have been much different. Because the ease in which he took him down both times. um, And both times, those before the takedowns, the shoulder was reset. At least, you know. Yeah, but so. those being the bigger moments and him being able to yeah. do it with ease definitely shows that. The the moments where there wasn't big, where it was striking and maybe some of the scrambling, those are things that maybe could have went different, but the ease of the other part lets you know that he had sure. an A-plus in one area for sure. So now, on a night where we were supposed to hopefully see the next challenge for the Bantamweight title play out, we are still left with absolutely no answers, right? Dana Ooh. White saying earlier in this week that the winner of Piotr Jan versus Sean O'Malley was next for the title, um, but definitely seemed to walk that back last night um, mm-hmm. in his post-fight presser, saying that he doesn't know. Um, he's like, I'm not going to make fights, you know, the night of the fight, but it's like you kind of already said O'Malley, Jan earlier in the week. Um, probably... Um, for the reasons around that fight, though, is why right. he's walking it back, which we will discuss right now, because Sean O'Malley defeating Piotr Jan via split decision, 29-28. Um, all three judges had it 29-28, but two of them giving that, obviously, to O'Malley. First off, want to say, and it's the reason why I got the wow-wow-wow, fantastic yeah, fight. Fight of the night, for sure. Uh, you know, and we have to start with that, because mm-hmm. just both guys looked fantastic. But the decision. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm just genuinely starting to believe that every O'Malley fight is going to be cursed with some weird controversy attached to yeah, it. Yeah, we thought we thought Sterling was uh, weird. Oh man. And I don't want to take anything away from O'Malley, who looked so good and impressive right. competing here against one of the best Bantam weights out right now, literally ranked number one. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea how that fight was scored for O'Malley. Um, I'm okay with them giving him the third round, uh, but, man, I feel like Piotr did enough in those first two to get a win mm-hmm. here. Um, I even thought O'Malley looked a little shocked in his post-fight that he won. Yeah. You know, for a guy that came in knowing that he was possibly next for the title, even in his post-fight was not, like, overly confident about getting that right. title shot. So, I don't know. It was just it was a very weird scene afterwards. I thought everybody was a bit shocked, including both fighters. So, your thoughts on the fight and then the decision itself. Well, the fight was amazing, like you said. Um, I thought Jan used his wrestling very well, mm-hmm. uh, mixed it in, had a whole round of control time, um, got hurt, come back, hurts him. Yeah. Um, and for Sean O'Malley, you know, the chin's there. He took big shots. Yep. He was still there in the third. It wasn't too big for him. Um, I did see the jo- the judges' scorecards. All of them gave Jan the second round. Yes. It was the first and third where things got, got to get picked around, which is Weird because, you know, the third round, there was the takedown and some control. Yeah. The first round was really close. Nobody really kind of took it. So 
I, I felt the same. I felt like when O'Malley got to the microphone for his post fight, he was like, I didn't prepare what to say because I thought I didn't. <laughs> he thought he was, yeah. yeah he thought he, I, I, what we said after the fight is Sean O'Malley proved that he's within the same range as the number one guy, right. but I didn't feel like he did enough to beat him. Right. And so now we're looking at the situation where you have O'Malley who didn't quite feel like you, like you could tell he wasn't sure if he won, kind of sound like he wanted to get some more work in because the holes of the strikes that he took from Jan and the wrestling that Jan was able to put on him are going to, Aljo does those same things, but oh, yeah. the wrestling's out on a way better level and jujitsu well, on a way better he level. He did it to Piotr Jan at a very, highly successful way right in a, in a very highly and, and Sean O'Malley way. was talking about how good his jiu-jitsu was it really didn't show up in this yeah and you you're not going to be able to bring that to Aljo and think you're going to get through it his his grappling is on a whole nother level yeah um and even like the way he can mix up striking he, he can hit you with a big shot and then get to it so I think maybe O'Malley kind of was like man you know if I lose this I can get it a chance to get better yeah but now he's kind of i gotta go right back into the fire sure. potentially and then now you see dana white backpedaling like well because he probably i mean i'm just reading in the reading between the lines but maybe he feels like oh aldo's gonna do kind of what he did to dillashaw because yeah. you know what sean brings is kind of just a tall longer version of dillashaw like a high level striker and i think he kind of sees like man this could go the same way yeah nonetheless huge win for o'malley yeah. and, and 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 like we were both saying right here Win, lose, whatever. We were even saying, I was even saying, you were agreeing before the end of the fight. Um, just a great performance. And we got a lot of, you know, questions answered here with O'Malley, right? Mm -hmm. And on how good he really is. He beat Piotr Jan up in a way that we've never seen. Right. And, and, and that's crazy when you consider how good Piotr Jan is and the way he the people looked, he's fought. The people he's fought. And nobody has touched him up and made him look the way he looked in a fight the way Sean O'Malley did. Like you said, both of them caught each other, clipped each other there. Um, I mean, fantastic performance from O'Malley. Mm -hmm. um, but as we mentioned... Uh, Dana, yeah, you said a bit hesitant now to distinct to give a distinction on the number one contender. Who who is next? He even mentioned Henry Cejudo right. in his post fight as a potential next opponent for Aljo. So my question is, O'Malley, Cejudo, Cheeto Vera, who do you want to see get the next title shot? I I would love to see. I want to see Cheeto on a like a from what he because Cheeto deserves it, but I would love to see Aljo get a chance to add to his reign and legacy to get Cejudo because I think he matches up really well um just on a size side but then also how he can mix it up in his level of grappling yeah um but I I don't I don't want to see O'Malley because I don't think he's fully ready for the holes that he has sure I would love to see him get one more but <laughs> I don't know if the UFC will do that I selfishly, as a fan, I want to see Piotr Jan, Sean O'Malley rematch yes. five rounds like that. And that's Do it just, in Thailand. <laughs> yeah, Set it up. That's just like put them on a fight night, give them the main event spot so they can get that five rounds. And I want to see it over five rounds because that was so fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I even probably told, the, one of the best fights I've seen in that oh, division in a while. It was so fun, man. Just the intrigue of that matchup. So selfishly, for me, I say I want to see that rematch five rounds. Then that leaves Cejudo. And, and even with Cheeto, like, Cheeto has a direct win over Sean O'Malley. Once again, I know weird circumstances, right? But he does have a win over O'Malley. to Sean O'Malley. Yeah, but it's, you know, so, and, and he's done more to prove his worth. And, and, Except and, for beating the number one guy that 
Yeah. And now he just got that opportunity. And that's a good point, too. And and maybe that's where it just defaults to Cejudo. I don't know. It, it's just funny that we kind of thought we were going to get, with these fights back-to-back, yeah. we were going to get some clarity. Instead, here we are, just more, right. more, more questions. Confused. Yeah, but nonetheless, uh, great fight there. Uh, John, moving on. Boy, we got to get through these. We are going live. I mean, I, this is just what it is. Right. This is what it I mean, is. This, this is a crazy biggest fight. Biggest card of the year. 100%. But Neil, Dariush. Defeating Matej Gamrot via unanimous decision. Uh, two judges giving Benil all three rounds. I personally thought Gamrot won round one mm-hmm. uh, with his takedowns. Um, but it was a lot of really fun scramblings from both guys. Uh, scrambles, scramblings. A lot of fun scrambles from both guys. Um, and they must have just scored most of those exchanges for... Um, uh, Benil. Yeah, Benio, where I favored Gamrot. Right. Most of those scrambles, especially because he was initiating a lot of those takedowns. He was attacking the leg a lot. Yep. Benio was too, though, man. Yeah. Wow. Really impressed by his jujitsu. Um, but none of that matters because I thought the next two rounds were all Benny Dariush. Mm. Uh, he did such a great job stifling uh, Gamrot's grappling in rounds two and three. Did a great job of getting Gamrot's timing down, which led to the striking and even dropped Gamrot with a big overhand right or which left. Gamrot I can't remember there in the third. <laughs> yeah. That's now eight straight wins for our boy Benny Dariush. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned, Volk may be next, but if I'm Benny Dariush, there is no way I'm stepping back in that cage without being in line with for the title or a title shot on the line. And I know that's probably not his style. He, right. he wants to fight. He's a gamer. But I think he is well within his rights to wait. Yeah. Excuse me. It's very possible. What's unfortunate about it is he kind of made it easy for them to skip him when you say, I'll fight 10 more times before I get the belt. And I know that's part of his personality, is, yeah. but it's kind of like how we talked with Grosso and some of these other people. Like when you're not using that correctly, yeah. you're not helping yourself set a storyline. Sure. You no, know, us growing up watching wrestling, you know how big building a storyline yeah. is. And there has to be moments where it's like, oh, that's the moment that this set up that. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of made it easy to skip him over. Sure. But maybe he is just uh, every fight's the same to me, and I just want to fight everybody. I mean, you know, we're sitting here. It's October, right? We're heading mm -hmm. into November. If Islam and Volk are going to fight in February, let's just assume that's that's probably what's going to happen. If they if Islam wants to stay active and wants to fight every three four months, you know who's to say? If I'm Benny, dude, if I just have to sit out till next summer, maybe a big international fight week card Mm -hmm. or July June, you know. I would do it, man. Yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, he's getting up there in age, right? He's been around for a long time. He has nothing more to prove. Just, let, let's just talk he about it. He hasn't looked better. I'll be honest with you. This is the best I've ever seen him, dude, I felt like. and Camera is good. Yeah. Legit, dude. I mean, even when he dropped Camera, dude just got right back up right. and shot a takedown. Yeah. And he had to defend a takedown right after, drop, like, flatlining this guy. And, and Camera, you know, ADCC European cha- Trials champion, as we discussed. I mean, th- very credentialed in grappling right. and Benny just did everything to stifle all of his attacks even like it's the way Benny was going after legs you know right. I mean it, I'm telling you man and then on the feet he's so good he's so well-rounded in my opinion if he has to sit out till next summer I mean like I said I like we discussed it's not really in his character probably to do that but I think he's well within his right and should do it and I think the UFC should honor that if he does you well know? I agree that they should but I will say I would caution that maybe that might not be the move because we've seen people try that and get yeah. skipped. And here's the thing. It is true. And I only say that because, okay, imagine a world, you know, it's not even impossible to think, but imagine Islam beating Volkanovsky. Yeah. And in between that time, you know, Sarukian takes a fight against somebody big. There's a storyline for Sarukian and Islam. Yeah. And they're in the, they're from a similar place. You could do a card over there. Like there's, there's other weird storylines that could be built up sure. that could put, 
you know, Benil sitting off to the side, like, oh, I'm waiting for my shot to where it's like, if the UFC know they can make money, mm-hmm. they'll skip. Yeah. So you, he might need to take one more yeah. against somebody just to stay fresh on the matchmakers' minds and the fans. Because as much as people don't want to say fans don't dictate the fights, the UFC knows where their money's at, and they kind of lean toward that sometimes. I agree for sure. Next fight, John, Manon Fior defeating Caitlin Chukagian via unanimous decision. Uh off top, have to mention, Chukagian did miss weight for this fight by one and a half pound. Uh, gave up 20% of her purse to Fior. Um, but, in, but in terms of the fight, I thought this was a very close competitive fight. Mm-hmm. I had it one and one. I think you did too. We both yep. had it one one going into the third. I felt like Manone did enough in that third to win, especially landing that late takedown. Uh, didn't do a whole lot with it, but was probably one of the most decisive right. bits of action or aggression in, in that round. Don't think she's quite ready for Valentina. Oof. I like her and Grasso. To me, makes a lot yeah. of sense with both of them coming off of wins, but have both kind of left fans wondering if they're quite ready for that challenge. Let them go in there, prove it against each other. Winner comes out, and we have a contender for Valentina. Right. No, I agree 100%. I thought Manon had a really good showing for herself on the striking because Chikagian is really hard to get to. She uses them teep kicks and yeah. the jab to keep people away. Um, like I said in my wrap-up, I don't know how you get a black belt yeah, don't go. And, and don't try to take this to the ground. Maybe it was just uh, more of a... It. Yeah, maybe more of a testament to what Manon was able to do as far as keeping the distance and maintaining that. Uh, I agree, though. I do think that there needs to be... She needs another buffer fight. Um, sure. And I think Chikagin kind of... You know, in the in the press conference leading up, she kind of was like embracing being the gatekeeper to getting yeah. a title shot. She kind of cemented that. I you agree. know, n- not going pushing in the third and winning that fight that she had a chance at. She's kind of put herself in that thing of now you got to beat me to get to the title for sure. Next fight, Bilal Muhammad defeating Sean Brady via second round TKO. Bilal hands Brady his first professional mm-hmm. loss. That is also now eight straight wins for Muhammad. I think Bilal is one of the most underrated welterweights right now in the UFC. And I think he deserves a Hamzat Shemaev, a Colby Covington, or a Gilbert Burns next for number one contender. He's that good. You have nothing else. Look at who that's, those are really the only guys ranked above him. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's like number five. So. Uh, and to beat a guy like Sean Brady, and, and once again, willing to go back in the rankings and fight a young, hungry killer, you know, or just, this guy is, I'm telling you, man, I, I know, especially Brandon is not convinced, I am all aboard the Bilal train, mm-hmm. man, I, I think he's legit, I think he's really that good. I, I, I was more on the Brandon side of things. Until he got to the finish. Because I felt like that fight was really tit for tat, kind of sure. back and forth, until he pushed the gas in the second yeah. and started piling up those punches yeah. and was able to actually get to the finish. Because um, Sean Brady's a tough dude. Yeah. Um, and he did it in a different way. You know, usually you see Bilal being the more grinding wrestler guy who has to, you know, make it ugly and outlast guys. Sure. This one, he had a different wrinkle with the way he was able to land his punches. Yeah. First fight after training with Habib and that team for yeah. some months. A little weird um, there, too. You know, we talked about it with Jacob. Yeah. And before Jacob even <laughs> sent it to us, we were already talking about it. Just spent a lot of time there talking about Habib while, you know, Mike Vallee and, you know, even Izzy Martinez, two guys that he's trained his whole career with there. And, I mean, he didn't mention them, but spent most of it crediting Habib and those guys, which, sure, I'm sure they that training does elevate mm-hmm. you. But, man, don't forget who got you. Especially to say, like, yeah, Coach Habib told me to finish him, so I had to finish him. Yeah, it's like, yeah. What about your coach that got you here? But, it's interesting. Yeah, and I agree. I think because leading up to this, on this streak, 
he had like seven decisions in a row. Sure. So I think that's what kind of gets you to where it's like you're not fully on board because the guys that you're naming above finish people. Yeah. And then now he's added this into like, oh, well, he's finishing people on their feet before that, having a great fight with Luke. Yeah. Um, those are two huge wins, probably bigger than what most people yeah. at that it's division crazy, has put man. together two in a row wise. I'm telling you guys, do not sleep on Bilal Muhammad. He is, I'm telling you, it's going to be interesting uh, seeing him. I think and he, one of those three has I would love to, to see him ex. and Burns. And it has to be now. I, I, you, you have no. He, he does not need to go back in the rankings anymore. Right. He needs to go up because he's ready. And, right. I, and I just, I'm really interested to see. I think him and Burns is dynamite. Got Rio coming up, man. Ooh, good idea. I didn't even think about that, John. Call Dana. Call him. Uh, before Hello? we move, yeah. Before we move on from 280, we have to discuss the Hamzat post-fight scuffle because what is a pay-per-view without a little Hamzat drama, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as Islam is in the their video surface. Um, uh, after the immediately after the pay-per-view stop that as Islam was in the cage uh, post-fight talking doing his interview after he won the title uh, Hamzat getting into a scuffle with Habib's cousin and UFC fighter Abu Bakbar Ab- Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov excuse me um, I think he fought last night as he well he won yeah um, so getting into the scuffle and then when you watch the video you look in the background right and you see Habib jumps up on the cage um, and was kind of watching over the action like an eagle Looking down, that before. looking down into the valley on the wolf, right? Just kind of watching. I just, I don't know. There, go watch the video. There was something interesting to me. He was very calm, very, but he's just kind of watching, like observing. You know, like didn't seem like he was stressed about the situation. Um, just interesting to me. They're probably but, pretty deep in there. Yeah, I know we discussed last week that Oliveira beating Islam may be the one thing that could uh, draw Habib out of retirement, but. I wonder if Hamzat could do the same thing, especially at 170. Mm. Um, these two have had um, not so nice things to say about each other yeah. over the past couple of, you know, since Hamzat's kind of bursted on the scene. Um, and we know these daggy guys, man, they take these attacks very personal, especially on their friends and family. Yeah. I don't know, man. You know, uh, do we want to talk about the Colby? Yeah. Uh, Islam's, yeah let's okay, mix it all Habib. up. So, you know, obviously Dana coming out and saying, sounds like it's. Uh, all we what what we know, Hamzad is going to remain at 170. Apparently, yeah. Dana suggesting Colby could be the next guy. I was dead wrong on my buy or sell for that. I think we all um, were. I mean, because cool, he was going to 85, yeah. and now all of a sudden he's back at 70. So that Mac Life, I think is the yes. name of the channel, was interviewing Dana. Says, "Hey, I would love to see Colby and them on the a co-main event for the Leon um, Usman trilogy in in London." He's like, "I like that idea. I want to yeah. do it." Didn't even like laugh it off, like, "Hey, man, I'm not. You're not going to book these fights for me." It was like, "Oh no, we've we're been thinking about this." Yeah, it does make it interesting. Uh, to your point, I would. I didn't even think about the idea of like Habib coming back for that. Yeah, uh, it's interesting, but it's also interesting because the Abu that he was arguing with is a middleweight. Yeah. So that's even something that can happen. He's, sure. And I think he's ranked or he's close to like a top 20, something like that maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that's in the work, but even that could still draw out yeah. Habib if something doesn't go right there. But yeah. it is interesting. Um, I wouldn't have called that Chemayev was been the problem. Yeah. We both saw Tai Tuavasa super drunk in the front. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was for sure going to be the one to cause something, but all he did was dance yeah, and do dude, shoeys. Just, so. just, just having fun. But man, I, I don't know. There's just something to me that... When I see that type, you know, I, I it seemed like Dana really liked that Colby idea in London. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just, I don't know, man. I do kind of. Somebody do, must I, have calmed them down off of him missing weight. Yeah, and I do think, yeah, something happened because he was 
going to 85. That's all we knew. Um, Maybe he got like a like a liver removed or something. I don't cut know. Off a little bit yeah, of now he's just back at 70. But I don't know. It was just very interesting, and I don't know. Just something about the way Habib was just sitting there. Like you know, like he he did jump up on the cage. It, maybe he just felt like the Flashback situation. From the Connor stuff. Yeah, he just I don't know. It was just injured. I don't know, man. I what just, if he was ready to jump I, off and eagle on him, dude? I do think. Yeah, I do think Habib is retired. Right. I don't think he has any intentions of coming back, but. I don't know. Sometimes when stuff gets personal, like I said, we we've seen it before where they get. They don't yeah, because I know he had in, he had um comments to say about Chimaev and his sure his religion and oh yeah they've they've, they've tight to that the whole time they've gone back yeah. and forth yeah they 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 don't care for each other for sure. Uh, John, before we move on, cover your ears, John. We have to get to the scores. Uh, Brandon texted me this morning, and I'm sure it pains him because we have a new leader, and that is me. Let's go. I race for me. There you go. I am now in the lead. Congratulations. With 75 points, John. Uh, Huge swing. You should have bet last night. I should have bet. I got every fight pick right from uh, the Bilal Brady, and I picked the whole main event except for Sugar Sean, Piotr Jan. I had Jan, which, you know, hey, I still feel like I won there. You're on the Suge train. It's a moral victory, I guess. Should have went for the Hart Boys on that one. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, So uh, I I regained the lead. I mean, Uh, biggest swing ever. Biggest swing ever. Brandon tried to talk his trash this morning and said, you know, oh, the only way you did it was because, uh, what do you say? Oh, you had to pick for five fights this week to try to swing it in your favor. I'm like, don't undersell me because I've been scratching and clawing back for the right. past two weeks. I don't think Brandon scored in like three weeks. Yeah. Or it it maybe like, like one, one point. Yeah. So I was like, don't undersell me. Here. Well, he's been getting nervous too. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been he's, shaking. He's bottling it. Brandon's a bottle job. Uh, yeah. Uh, Brandon in second place with 73, so only two behind me. John, it's a tank season, man. I'm trying to get that John, first round pick. No points. No points. <laughs> John, yeah. we picked for six fights this week, folks. Yep. Count them six. The most we've ever picked for yep. on this show. A potential for 12 points this week. And somehow, John, your picks are so bad that yeah. you managed to whiff on all six. Yeah. Um, I feel like this empire, entire podcast is owed an explanation on how this catastrophic failure has well, happened because how do you pick for six fights? I mean, it's 50-50. Right. You- <laughs> well, here's, but here's the thing, right? First of all, that's why the... The, uh, Jan losing the decision sucks because I had Jan you by did? decision. Yep, so I would have had three points sure. off there. The other part is every single one of these fights were a toss-up. Even the odds were like the most the, the most somebody was favorited was like maybe like minus 180. Every single one of these fights was kind of like a, no, like a pick them. John, man. Yeah, it was not fun. That, I, that did, is you not, did you not hear the first two lines of my wrap-up? Yeah, yeah. Horrible. Somebody made a lot of money, but it wasn't me. Yeah, that's... Um I don't know, man. Sometimes you win the Super Bowl and you get the Super Bowl funk and you don't get it back, you know? That is a new low for this podcast and it's something that is going to be remembered forever. Yeah. You could win the next four straight years and you'll never be able to live this one down. That's okay because I won the first one, so I'll just hold on to that forever. Keep holding because you go 0 for 6 on one night. (laughs) It's bad. We got to keep it going, John. This thing's going long, folks. But, you know, and, and let me say this. This is a week where... Not for my work schedule. We would be stopping the pod right here, and we'd be coming back on Wednesday with right. midweek. Um, kind of like the last big pay-per-view. It's like this should be split up into two podcasts because there's just so much. So we apologize if you're still listening. Uh, we thank you for sticking through this um, and, and hopefully making it to the end because we've got a nice main event to set up for this Saturday. Big fight. Do not miss this main event. This Saturday, 
at the UFC Apex, UFC Vegas 63, our main event, John, in the men's featherweight division, number five, Calvin Cater versus number six, Arnold Allen. Um, after being on the wrong side of one of the greatest singular striking performances by Max Holloway in 2021, <sighs> Calvin Cater took a full calendar year off. He then bounced back with a big win to kick off to, uh, 2022 by doing almost the exact same thing Max did to him to the rising Giga Chikadze back in January. Uh, he then lost a very close split decision to mm-hmm. Josh Emmett back in June, a fight that many fans thought he did enough to get the win. I'm throwing my hands up today. Rewatched the fight just last night. I think Calvin Cater won that fight. Yeah, I, I, I have to say, like that that rewatching fight. it, man, I think it was 2-2 going into the fifth, and I do rewatching it feel like Calvin Cater did enough to win that fight in the fifth round. I digress. Nonetheless, uh, that loss has left Calvin Cater one and two in his last three. Mm-hmm. His opponent, Arnold Allen, is a surging contender who is currently undefeated in the UFC. Allen holds an impressive professional record of 18 wins and one loss for his career. And Allen is currently on an 11 fight win streak for his career, nine of those in the UFC. Um, just in his last four fights, he holds wins over Gilbert Melendez, Nick Lentz, Sadiq Youssef, and more recently, a first-round knockout over Dan Hooker back in March. Hooker experimenting, uh, trying to go down and wait there, and just did not work out. This fight uh, is all about Allen trying to break into the top five of the featherweight division mm-hmm. for the first time, and Cater trying to defend that and show that he still belongs at the top of the division. John, for the sake of time, roll it right into your pick and who you got winning. All righty. I- I really in any, like in, in any thoughts, right? Obviously. I really like Arnold Allen. The only thing that scares me is this guy fights once a year. He's not very active, sure. and I don't know if that's more of people not wanting to fight him, fights falling through. Mm-hmm. I have I didn't do a deep look into that, but that kind of that kind of scares me. But when you do see him, he just looks so freaking good. And Calvin Cater, like you said, has had really great performances. I too thought he beat uh, Dan or um, Josh Emmett. Um, which would have put him in a really good spot with two wins in a row there, yeah. especially with Josh Emmett being somebody who might be, you know, really close to a title shot. That could have been Calvin Cater there, but I do want to stick with Arnold Allen. I think he's really, really good. Um, I think he doesn't hasn't shown any holes in his game, and I think that uh, he has really good pressure and really good wrestling. I'd like to see him implement in this fight. Yeah, I'm gonna take him um, second round TKO. I think he's gonna. They're gonna be. Guns blazing early. I think if he can get a takedown and utilize that ground and pound, I think it can go really well for him. So this week, we actually are letting Brandon make a pick. So we didn't say this at the top. No Brandon this week. Uh, Obviously, as we mentioned, had his son's birthday party today, but then he has um, some work obligations that are really important. And uh, sometimes we we don't always make exceptions, but for this one, he definitely has a a good reason with work uh, to be missing. So... We're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. We're going to let him make a pick. And me as a leader, I want to win this thing outright, right? Yeah. So You're nicer than me because I didn't get to make my pick when I sent him in. But. That's your, well, well, if it's vaca- if it's a personal choice, that's a personal choice. I mean, he could have quit his job. Okay, this that's is the point. pod. Yeah, his, his picks. I'm, I'm just kidding. Jeez. Brandon is going, we're going to give him this one. He's going to take Arnold Allen by unanimous decision. That was Brandon's pick. Mm-hmm. For my pick, this is where we're going to separate the boys from the king. This is where I'm going to show you guys there's levels Jeez. to this, all right? Those headphones are barely fitting right now. <laughs> Head's getting so big already. First off, I definitely want to start this by saying 
as a fight fan, do not miss this main mm-hmm. event. I'm telling you, whatever you have to do, if you miss everything else on this card, fine, I get it. But do not miss this one. This is a fantastic fight, and it's going to be nuts. I think no matter what happens Saturday, win, lose, or draw, Arnold Allen is the future of this division with a very high ceiling. I just don't think this matchup at this time is right for him yeah. or is, is going to get him there. Four out of five of Cater's last fights have gone to decision, and four out of five of Allen's last fights have also gone to decision as well. So there's a very good chance that this fight goes long, right? right. Um, Allen has never been past three rounds in his career, while Cater's last four straight fights have all gone five rounds. And that's a massive advantage right. for a veteran like Cater going into this fight. And when you consider the five rounds he went with Max Holloway, it's hard for me to imagine a world where Allen is able to finish Cater on his feet. You know, so right. I think that's going to give Calvin Cater a big advantage going into this. He's going to be comfortable on his feet, and I think he's really going to be able to let his offense go and get Allen moving backwards where Allen is really uncomfortable and Cater so good coming forward. Right. Um, and if Arnold Allen finds a way to knock Calvin Cater out or finish him on the feet, it'll be an amazing accomplishment. I'll eat all these words you'll have my word on it. Right. <laughs> also, I think Cater, who's coming in off that loss to Josh Emmett, he's never lost consecutive fights in his career. And when you That's go true. back and you look at the beating that he took from Max and then came back and did that exact thing, same thing to G- Giga Chikadze, who at the time was also a surging prospect, much like Allen is right here. And Cater said, not through me, sir. Right. And just gave it to Giga for five rounds. That whooping was insane and just so impressive to do that against a guy so so strike heavy and just impressive on the feet is Giga. Um, but now Calvin finds himself here off another loss and um, and one that he thinks he won. He thinks right. he genuinely believes he won that Emin fight. Like I said, I do too. Um, but I think um, and and going against also another future contender, right? And and I think there's something to that for him as well. And I think there's a reason he's never lost consecutive fights in his career. I think it motivates him, um, and especially feeling like he got robbed in that last one. I think he's going to come out and really look to make a statement here. Give me Calvin Cater via unanimous decision. There you go. And I also want to mention. Um, Arnold Allen, like you mentioned, I thought you did a great job of pointing that out, more than capable of getting this fight to the ground. Right. Um, and I think if he does that, it's definitely his best pathway to victory and could possibly even finish Calvin Cater down there. I, mm. I really do believe. Um, That's he, the route for sure. Yes, I think he has that ability. Like I said, you don't, he, you're not going to box with Calvin Cater if you're I hope sure not. Max Holloway. <laughs> yeah, I hope <laughs> not. I mean, I, other than Holloway, the best probably pure boxer um, in the division. And Calvin Cater, man, the way you can mix in elbows and stuff, just mm. so slick and so tricky. Um, but I just think over five rounds, I don't think Allen will get it done on his feet. But he might come down out and take him yeah. down, and I'll eat my words. But I really like Calvin Cater in this. And I'm interested to see Arnold Allen, like that hunger, because he hasn't sure. been able to get as many fights and he wants to get to that top five. Right. And he has to show out for this to do that. So. I agree. Also on this card, real quick, Tim Means versus Max Payne Griffin. Uh, both guys were on nice win streaks, but both coming off of uh, singular losses there. So looking to get back to wins. Number 13, Justin D- Jacoby versus Khalil Roundtree. This is another fight, in my opinion, worth watching. Uh, I think Jacoby has like nine in a row or yeah, something. Yeah. He's 6-0 in the UFC yeah. I think nine in a row in his career uh, with one draw in the UFC in that sixth run um, but K- Khalil Roundtree on a two-fight win streak seems Violent. to have, yeah seems to have found a resurgence to his career and is looking to now break into the top 15 with a win here um, and another fight I'm really interested in is uh, Phil Haas versus mm-hmm. Roman Delitz I think that's another uh, great fight on this card if you're looking for any other ones to watch but do not miss this main event Can Chase I- Hooper 
Jay Hooper's on this. Uh, Andre Arlovsky. You know, there's some there's some names yeah, floating around. Not so, too bad. John, let's get to the news. Going on the news. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. I'm definitely glad that we cut some stuff out of your news because not only are we going long, but I got to pee. Right. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just kind of breeze through this. We got some really big uh, fight announcements. Patty Pimblett is finally getting an opponent and Jared Gordon yep. for UFC 282 in Vegas. Um, obviously, the Ignacio fight didn't end up yeah. materializing the way, yeah. but Jared Gordon is a tough guy. Um, obviously, we kind of kind of along the lines of what we thought we were going to see out of that. Yeah. Um, we also have Jessica Andrade fighting Lauren Murphy at UFC 283 in Rio. Mm-hmm. So that's a big fight for Jessica to have that in Brazil. Yep. Um, potentially could be the next contender, depending on what happens with everything else. Um, the way the last, you know, the Grasso and right. Fiora, you know, it's it's hard not to imagine now. Like, next up, let's see if you can right. claim a stake. Um also, in, a, in a, a similar type of situation, we have Robert Whitaker fighting uh, Paulo Costa sure. at the, on the Perth fight that you were talking about. Such a great fight. That's that so probably going to be yeah. headlined by Volkanovski, but this fight... It's going to be a massive one. It's huge, and you know, when we last talked about it, it's interesting because you know Whitaker's kind of taking out all the other contenders at this point and putting in sure. himself in a position where you kind of have to give him the another title fight soon. Yeah. Or you're just going to have to let Izzy fight the number 10 guy or Piera fight somebody who's lower because he's taking everybody out. Um, some also pretty big news I wanted to talk about is Dana White and his new combat sports venture, yeah. Slap Fighting. Yeah, uh, He got it licensed by the Nevada Commission. Um, a lot of people are very feel very weird about it um the hunter campbell is also part of it and basically said that it's going to be um se- it's going to be similar to the medical requirements weight classes and matchmaking of mma so it's going to be a full drawn out basically <laughs> mma except for these guys are slapping each other i love it um i don't like the cte that's going to probably come from yeah. this because these guys have a chance to recover after getting like knocked out on their feet from these so slaps. funny out of everything he could dana white could do like he just wants to see a bunch of like Grown men and women slap each other. Right. Well, and the other part of it is like with Hunter Campbell, like his uh, statements, it seemed like there was like, dude, we got to get on this early. Yeah. Like, this will be the next UFC. It, it is a, I mean, it's a viral thing. Man. I did see John Anik said he is, he really wants to call some of those events because oh. he loves it. Gosh. Um, also, some stuff from Dana White when asked about Conor McGregor and him not being in the testing pool um, said that Conor McGregor will have to complete six months in the yeah. program before he can return. It's interesting. Um, which, I mean, I I guess it does still align up with what he was trying to do to come in like next summer-ish. Um, but they still haven't really gave the reason why he was able to get out of it without fully retiring. He said he pulled himself out, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Interesting situation there. Um, we have Bo Nickel having to pull out of his fight with Jamie oh, Pickett. Sucks. Um, somebody, it says one person said that Nickel withdrew from injury and the promotion is targeting March 4th, which will be UFC 285 okay. for him to come back, which could be his way of getting on the main card. Should too. be. Yeah, it could be. Um, but obviously we were all really looking forward yeah. to a quick turnaround from him. Yeah. Hopefully this isn't something that like, I get a bigger opponent now too. Yeah. You know, that very yeah. much could be, don't know that Jamie Pickett will be around still, you know, or, um, or available. The last two things I have real quick is Terrence Crawford taking a fight with David Avinsanya. Or Sevian. Um, he's supposed to fight um, Errol Spence. It was 
happening, 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 and now it's not. Yeah, it's um, boxing, though. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, it, it, well, boxing is they all fight over who's going to be the A slot yeah, or the B slot, so who's going to make stupid, the more money, man. bigger pay per view numbers. So stupid. Yeah. And the last thing, um, I just always think like, just know your worth. And right. It, it, like as long as you're getting that number or around it, like who cares? Right. And, and you do you see you see some guys who are willing to take the smaller number just to get the win, so yeah. they can be that number next time. Yeah. But not everybody does that. And I think yeah. Floyd kind of ruined some of the sure. how that works. And the last thing I want to bring up, and I kind of wish Brandon was here because I feel like he'd have an interesting take on this. Oh boy. But UFC is going to prohibit fighters yeah, and team and like coaches, I believe, from betting on fights. Um, yeah. In a time where um, a lot of sports have now came around to allowing it because yeah. of like, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, like it's so easy. NFL, you've already seen like Calvin Ridley get suspended for yeah. pacing a $1,200 bet. Now he's out for a whole year. Yeah. Um, but this is interesting because it's just now getting brought up and you've been able to bet on UFC for sure. a while now. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, I saw they asked him about it last night and he just said like, well, with it becoming more available, it's just kind of something we felt like we needed to do. The only thing I would probably say, like, more so than, like, fighting or, like, football, right? Like, with football, there's – I mean, one person can definitely control the outcome of a game. But right. um, with uh, – but, like, like a Calvin Ridley. Like, if Calvin Ridley wanted to – if the Falcons or something were playing the Cowboys – he can't really do much to impact the, the He wasn't even on the field. He was right. hurt. That's what makes it even worse. But I guess in like fighting where you directly control the outcome, it's like right. it probably is a little bit smart, you know, just to make sure God, I mean, I don't think there's anybody on the UFC roster. Don't even want to go down that rabbit hole that would taking like a dive. Yeah. Taking dives for money, you know, you know, but fighter pay is a problem too. So, right. uh, you know, it, it, but you know, in the UFC, you lose a lot and then you're just out too. So yeah. I don't think that would ever be a problem, but probably the safest bet just to be on the safe side as yeah well. I, I would say it makes total sense for me not to be able to bet on my own fight unless it's See, like me winning that's me like i think but i mean even these guys they know each other and stuff well but, that and like being on the same team like right. if you're on a team like if you're on a team with a fighter who's going to fight soon you know like oh dude this dude ain't looking good you yeah know? or <laughs> this guy's willing to take a dive sure. but i do think it's just it's just kind of weird to kind of just be brought up now for yeah. how big his betting is but yeah Back in the Pride days, them boys was getting back. Yeah, the the Japanese mafia. What is it called? The uh, what are they call the Japanese mafia? The, the Kuza. Yeah, Kuza, Kuza or something Kuza, like that. Yeah. <laughs> is that it? Yep, that's what I got. Alrighty, well, I've got song of the week, and you know, I at first I almost changed it because like I wanted to find a song for last night's pay per view, but I was like, no, I'm keeping it. So, growing up, I was a massive Tony Hawk fan, mm-hmm. pro skater, the blue cartridge favorite. If you know, you know. favorite character. Nintendo sixty four, mine. <sighs> That's a good question. Who was my favorite? I always thought you were Earl Campbell. I like Earl Campbell, yeah. Who's the one, the guy from Brazil? Why can't I think of his name off the top? Bob Burnquist? Maybe. Bob Burnquist was my guy. He had the scully. He was good at grinding. Yeah, I I definitely always use Cream Campbell. Uh, But I also use the guy from Brazil. I can't think of his name. It might have been Burnquist. I don't remember. But anyways... um, Re, I actually own the game. It's yeah, sitting right there. Kick, flick, twist over here. Yep, yep. Nintendo 64. So in honor... Lucky Lassick, that's the dude who did the kick, flick, me twist. Okay. But in honor of Tony Hawk Pro Skater, first off, the soundtrack on that. Top legendary. Two. So we're going to go Superman by Goldfinger. Here I am. Getting older all the time. I feel like I'm busting through a warehouse glass already. <laughs> Get the videotape, man. <laughs> so that is our song of the week. John, uh, what is your one for the people before we get out of here? Uh, just real quick. It's the easiest thing. 
House of the Dragons finale oh, tonight, baby. So sad, man. No, no Game of Thrones until 2020. Yeah, I'll be rewatching the original <laughs> until it comes back. So sad, man. What, what a legendary first run. season, dude. Just crazy. So probably good. the best first season of any show I've ever watched. Let me say, if you've never watched Game of Thrones, you don't have to watch Game of Thrones to watch House nope. of Dragons. So go watch it. I mean, it is just. Honestly, like one of the greatest for I don't want to say one of the greatest shows ever, but in terms of first season, that's what I'm saying. That yeah, for a debut, I mean, it's crazy, man. So so good. Um, really bummed it's over and it flew by. Mm-hmm. My one for the people. First off, last week we missed it. Shout out to our boy Gabe Yurit, um, who got a big win at Art of Scrap with everything that was going on last week with the interview. Right. Two pods in one day just kind of slipped the mind. Uh, so shout out to Gabe. Shout out to Jaden Rowdy Gowdy for getting a mm-hmm. win last night at the uh, Southern Indiana combat promotion am i, I believe right so. is that the new promotion that mark's doing um last night down in southern indiana arm, baby, in just like islam getting the finish unfortunately our boy foxy nick fox coming up a little short in his fight um <clears throat> but fox is a grinder man and anybody that knows him mm-hmm. he's he's just going to get better and come back so it's good to see the young guys yeah. starting to come up and getting to their own i the agree gym. so shout out to gaha's very own uh fighters there getting some wins um and i think that's it man i don't really have I don't really have anything else. Shout out to NYU Wrestling. Yeah. For as slow as the past <laughs> two weeks had been, this today just kind of, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot. So this I appreciate was, everybody who stuck around. Yeah. This was a little like therapy session. It was good to get everything out. I feel, I feel mm-hmm. like I can just like relax now for the rest of the day. Yeah, I'm going to take a good nap probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, it was good. It was, it's been a lot, man. That was a lot to keep all that energy in. Yeah. So definitely come back next Monday. We'll be here to recap and get you set up. For whatever the next fight is, I know there is one, yeah. but we'll be here. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Peace. Anderson Silva and Jake Paul. Shoot, we almost forgot. I got to pee. Oh, yeah. Anderson Silva, Jake Paul this Saturday. Let's go, Spider. Let's go, Spider. I completely spaced that. Yeah, me too. And luckily, I just remembered it. That's well, why we're professionals here. Guess what? We'll be talking about that too. Peace. All right, bye.